0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Next Level. I'm JVL, here with my best friend, Tim Miller, now in sunny New Orleans, however you pronounce that, and sitting in for my other best friend is Amanda Carpenter. Hey, Amanda.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Oh, it's going so good. It's going all the goods. Uh, you had like two, too many syllables on New Orleans. Yeah, okay. Orleans. Well, I'm going to work through it, it. It's one and a half syllables at best. You had five, I think. Orleans, Right? Yeah, I have to yeah. say it like, like Carville does. Yeah. Yeah, at which point We're we'll going. need you know closed captioning for people as transcription service. Uh, so big media week. We'll start with the media stories where Tucker Carlson suddenly, what a world! And abruptly, just really quick, what a
2: world! The president of the United States running for re-election. That's the B block. That's the block. Would you block. Like, it's like to do the that? C block. <laughs> no, I, of course I would like to do it. It's boring. It's fine. We should get to it in the C block. I'm just saying that's it's telling. It's just telling about our state of affairs.
0: So I believe it was 11 a.m. on uh, Monday morning. And I know this Mm because we were in our our Monday editorial meeting and somebody just in the middle of the editorial meeting said, holy crap, Tucker's been fired and it's been dripping out as we were sitting down to tape on Tuesday. Somebody from Vanity Fair reporting that possibly this is all linked to Rupert's ex-fiancee saying that she believed Tucker was a (laughs) biblical prophet. <laughs> um, I love a,
1: that anecdote. <laughs> I,
0: I mean, I, I feel like we haven't even properly digested the uh, the text divorce.: It does
2: create a power dynamic issue. It does create a power, <laughs> power dynamic issue if you know, the boss's fifth wife thinks that the employee is the angel Maroni. You know, like it just it there can, creates...
1: There can only be one God in this bedroom. <laughs> yeah. oh,
0: Amanda.
1: I mean, it, was he jealous?
0: <laughs> Did you follow the Jerry Hall breakup where Rupert just texted her? Like she's waiting for him at one of their chateaus where he was supposed to join her for a week. And he texts her and he says, we've had some great times together. But I regret to inform you that I have a lot of things I have to do. And so uh, I'm calling a halt to our marriage. I think I'm dissolving our marriage. And your lawyers will hear from my lawyers. Wish you all the best. And she was on camera.
2: She was like she knew there were cameras at the Chateau. And so she started like breaking things and like wait, looking wait, wait. at the camera and like pointing at it. I don't know story.
1: It. I need a whole reality series on this story. Sorry. Why were there cameras there? Because he keeps the whole place.
2: Murdox. Yeah, she knows that everything he's monitoring is monitoring
1: everything at all times. Yeah. Eye in the sky. Global yeah. Skynet kind of stuff. Totally normal. <laughs> No. Got it. So, uh so he anyway, could see her are, uh, real. Hold on, he could see her real time reaction when he dumped her.
2: I think that she thought that, I don't know, and she knew that it was on tape, <laughs> and she knew that people were watching the tape.
1: <laughs> uh, wait, I like the murder.
0: <laughs> Strange stuff. new respect for Rupert. Uh,
1: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: <laughs> so, uh, what do you what do you guys make of the Fox thing? Um, You know, for the first ten minutes, I assumed that this was somehow tied to the Dominion settlement. The more we hear about it, the more it seems like it's tied to the Dominion Settlement in in the sense that uh, there's a bunch of stuff that was redacted in Discovery, but that Fox saw in which they didn't like the way he was talking about the Murdochs. Yes?
2: Yeah, and I think also Suzanne Scott. It seems, I mean, uh, you know, Stelter on, on Charlie's Pod, if you haven't listened to that, you should, which I think is a better place for, like, the dishy parts of this. I think we can do the political take side of things, but Stelter basically said that, it probably seems like he was calling Suzanne Scott the C-word in those emails. Is that wrong? Is
0: that great? Not, uh, not <laughs> is that not allowed?
2: Is that not allowed?
0: Why, I hear in Britain, they use the C-word every day and it's no big deal. Is that a Russell Brand
2: <laughs> bit? Um, I, you know, calling Sydney Powell the C-word, borderline. You know, it's, borderline.
1: No, there are so many other words you can use to describe Sidney Powell. Honestly, That's true. when I saw That's that true. in the text, I was like, that is shocking. And yes, I expressed that sentiment on Twitter and people said, well, you've never been across the pond. True statement, but I'm still offended. Like yeah, you don't, I enough. don't, I work in an American workplace. I've never heard anyone say that in a casual conversation, period. End of story. Certainly. Has not come the boss. up? Not with the boss, not in text to your producers. It's yep. just, like, a casual she's a this. Like, what else is he saying? And so that would make sense if he applied that to other women. That probably wouldn't go over so well. But, I mean, it, this has to be a combination of all the things, right? Yeah. It, it, it's all the things. And what what is most stunning is that whatever all the things are that we can speculate about, somehow they deemed worse than his ratings, right? That's the whole thing with Fox. Like, he was the ratings king, and they... S-canned him, kicked him out the door. That's what's incredible about all this with no replacement lined up. They've got, you know, Brian Hare killed Millie, whatever his name is, just sitting there now. It must have been really bad. Or maybe the Murdochs, I mean, he's how old again? And how many wives? Ninety-two. Maybe they realized they wouldn't be able to sell this thing given what is all... Going to come out at some point in time. And that's where I think we are. Is Kill
2: Meet in again on Tuesday night? I don't know. We're taping this like live across from Tucker. Just, I don't know. He was in the first. I'll be interested to see it's rotating.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's right. I mean, the Abby
2: Grossberg thing I think is very potentially damaging. Here, here's, here. let's just work from some facts that we do know. Mm-hmm. The culture of the Tucker Carlson staff was not just like bro locker room talk bad, it was like 8chan white nationalist bigoted trigger everyone bad it's like it was as bad as it could get i mean we th- he, there have been several staffers fired for posting on white nationalist That's blake for neff a yeah yeah blake neff who was at the yeah. daily caller and then went with him you know, was like, got outed, you know, his hand, I love, this is my favorite one of all and there are like six of these, like, white nationalist bros that got fired over the years from Tucker, working for Tucker. It's like, oh my God, how do, how do I keep hiring white nationalists? Um, hey, KBL, then, how many
1: people have you fired for being a racist, white nationalist, <laughs> Christo-fascist? Just wondering. The, At least
0: one. Carry the two. Zero, none. None yet. <laughs> the, none yet. So anyway, the, the Blake <laughs> Neff one I always
2: liked the best, though, because he got outed, like posting on one of these shit posting sites, you know, like message boards, because he he did a picture of something, and and his reflection was in the window. <laughs> so it's was like the you know, it's like the stupid uh, stupid criminal tricks. It's like his reflection was in the window, and so people were like, "Oh wait, it's the Tucker Carlson guy." And there was always already some suspicions that it was him because some of the stuff he was posting was showing up in the monologues. Anyway, you know, it's really really bad, a- and so getting to see all of it is enough. I think you combine that with Rupert's ex, thinking that Tucker was a prophet. Combine it with I, like the January 6th stuff about, you know, the Ray Epps stuff, even for Rupert, like this was getting a little weird, you know, it was getting a little weird in particular. Like there's a lot of bad stuff on the show, but that one in particular is happening. Combine with Dominion, combine with Grosberg. And then combine with the fact that it's like the new head woman in charge of calling the C word. I, you know, that's, that's a lot bad. My, my, hot take on all this that I haven't shared anywhere that I saved for this for this little podcast is um, is the implications I was thinking about this you know I've been thinking about it everyone wants to know my opinion on the Tucker thing I think that they're going to be doubling down on MAGA on Trump
1: Foxwell.
2: Yes. There's this whole thing about, like, with what... With who they what just the fired the
1: only populist on primetime TV. They sacrificed our angel. Blah, blah, blah. Who Who's better than that? Who are they going to well, dig th- up?
2: this is... I, I guess I just mean the calling off the, the, the dogs. You know, this whole, like, oh, Ron DeSantis, we're going to do a Today Show-style segment with you where you're throwing the baseball, and we're, you know, we're talking about how much you love puppies and non-bud light beer and how normal great normal of a guy you are i don't know this is something this is what i'm watching now is that like they are going to be worried about the mm-hmm. the same thing as the post-election stuff losing to newsmax losing to real america voice they're losing tucker and, and that the whole this whole dalliance that the murdochs have this is where the savvy murdochs come in this whole dalliance of oh let's get rid of trump or you know they've decided instead oh, why don't we just get rid of tucker the Trump problem might be out of our hands, and yeah. and 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 I could see them pivoting back towards Trump in a real way.
1: I just want to add this point because I've been thinking about it too. Is I don't know what getting rid of Tucker does to their digital streaming strategy because he was a big part That's of good that. Point. Um, you know, maybe she's a CNN Plus in the back of my mind, but he was really the only talent that I could observe that was performing there. There's like a lot of weird specials. They are even into like you know housing type decoration shows, but he was the draw. And so, if you don't have that person, and he, you know, that is where they wanted the super MAGA people to go. Cause everybody knows cable's dying. You got to get into streaming, got to do subscription. They don't have a replacement host there that I can see. And so, I think they're in more trouble and are, might be looking for a sale because Murdoch is old and can't trust the kids. Or maybe I'm watching too much the session, which I'm not really watching, <laughs> but I know the plot.
0: So, here's. Here's my question to you. One of the things Sarah said to me at some point in the last month was that when she does focus groups and asks people questions about their media diet, that as often as not, instead of saying Fox, people will say, I watch Tucker. And this is like Xerox and photocopies, right? What they mean is that they watch Fox, but they say Tucker because Mm -hmm. Tucker is Fox and he's the big thing that they watch on Fox, et cetera, et cetera. Because this is really like, you know, Stalin unpersons Trotsky, and all of a sudden Trotsky no longer appears in any of the photos in the Kremlin, right? It's just like Tucker's just gone. He's there on Friday, he signs off, says, See you guys on Monday, and then he's he's gone. They're running commercials and promos for his show on Monday morning on the on the network, and he doesn't go on air. To have your audience. And to just disappear their big star without any real explanation, can you do that without losing the audience? Doesn't that s- smell like cancel culture? I mean, these, these are people who are primed to sniff out cancel culture anywhere in the world, right? Does that feel a little like cancel culture to you? I I don't know. Like, what does the Fox audience do about this? Or nothing? Do they just come back to their pellet? You know, they're like little hamsters, like, you know, they go over to the salt pellet. Take that.
1: It depends on what he says and whether the audience can find him and this is what I'm really most interested in, is what were the terms of his contract? We know that he's getting paid out for the duration of it. I don't know how much further that goes. But how much is he sidelined? Because the way that these contracts works, they essentially own you, whether you go on the air or not. I don't know what kind of outs he had. They're called outs in terms of you being able to do other times of media. But given that he was on primetime, obviously there's going to be a non-compete. Given that he was very active for their digital strategy... I'm guessing they brought up his digital rights, right? $20 million is a lot of money to pay out for him to do nothing. That means they own the rights to his talent on many degrees. Is he allowed to even go write for other outlets at this point? Um, Can he have any kind of digital product? I mean, Bill O'Reilly and other people have done that post-Fox, but that's after their contracts run out and depending on what they're able to do outside of that contract. And so that is going to determine how he is able to communicate and what he is going to do next. But I could see him building a very successful, you know, I watched his speech at Heritage that he delivered uh, the night before he knew he was going to get fired. And, you know, he's a contrarian. I mean, other people know him better than I do, but I could see him just building a very successful, straight up, called the contrarian outlet, where you have the Alex Joneses and you have the JFK Juniors doing every wacky point of view for the debate. And he would just laugh. And have a good time and take his saunas in Maine, which he talks about. People say he's going to run for president. I don't buy that one bit. The guy seems to be very private. Uh, he opened up his speech at Heritage talking about how this is the first time he's been with people in three years. The first time he's taken an elevator or worn socks in the last three years. That does not scream a man of the people who's going to go retail politicking New Hampshire to me.
2: Yeah. So I'll, I'll take those points Uh Uh, backwards. Uh, We'll take Amanda's way first. I I think that the contract is really important. There's a a story that was breaking as we are coming on here about, uh, you know, for somebody saying that he is locked up through 25. Um, Now, again, can you, can you cut your way out of that? Can you, you know, can the big time lawyers come up with something, you know, can you decide, I mean, he's a very wealthy man. Can you decide he doesn't want to take the money? Uh, You know, there are a lot of ifs on that, but running for office uh, is not a competitive move. You know, um, that is something that he could do. Uh, I mm-hmm. agree with you. I think he's a weird fit for it. I um, that was a lie that he told at Heritage. He's he's an easy liar because uh, I saw him in front of a big room of people just like three months ago in Arizona. Um, but his speech there was was mm-hmm. very strange. In some ways, it was interesting when I read about the trainpoint Point USA thing because at least his speech was interesting. It was prov- it was provocative, yeah. right? Whereas everybody else said the same shit. Like uh, his his was. Faux introspective, probably, but introspective, <laughs> you know, and uh, it just wasn't a normal stump speech, right? Uh, and so, I, you know, he's not a good fit for for that for a lot of reasons. But if he decided to do it, he's obviously an extremely talented performer. So, you know, I, I don't think it's a 0% chance. And this guy is just like, what the hell am I going to do? Is he going to really fish? Fishing gets boring. You know, this is like the Tom Brady thing, you know, in sports where people are like, oh, you're going to go hang, I'm going to go hang out with my kids. So I'm going to spend time with my family. You know, that's great. I'm sure Tom Brady loves his kids. and But spending the time with the kids is, you know. Careful. You know, you, you, yeah, you, yeah. You can, you can get Careful. your fill. You can get your fill. There's You can cherish every moment with them and think, you know, I'd like something <laughs> else to do also. And fishing uh, is also a very... Engaging endeavor from Matt Labash loves to fish again. Only a certain amount of hours in the year can you fish, right? Like, the, uh, so, uh, so something else he, he, he you know, might want to decide he wants to do. I think that's the scary result of this. I think those are the two. Both that and Fox pivoting back to Trump, uh, you know, are the two potential negative externalities for this. Everything else about deplatforming Tucker is positive. Lastly, just on the to the pellet question, the JVL asked about what well, the Fox viewers. I think the question is what percentage of these people are full MAGA, and what percentage of them are TV zombies, right? Yeah. I had a very lovely lady who I, I met um, on the street the other day. She was like, I see you on Channel 72. And, you know, I get the sense that this person, God love her, just like leaves on Channel 72, MSNBC, on locally, all the time, right? I think that there's a big percentage of the Fox audience that just leave on Channel whatever it is. They're Fox people, I'm Brian watching Kilme. my shows. Yeah, I'm Brent watching my Turner. stories. Heg Seth will come on, whatever. There is a percentage, just based on the numbers, that tuned in for Tucker, mm-hmm. that did not tune in for Brett Bear, that did not tune in for Hannity, that turned it off when Hannity came on, or Alora came on rather. Uh, and so do those people disappear? Is that a meaningful enough number that that Fox needs to, you know, figure out how to how to deal with that? I don't know. And there and there will also be, you know, vultures out there. Shapiro, Bannon, you know, all these people are going to smell blood. And I said that was my last thing. But last, last thing, people are like, oh, who cares, kind of. I, I I can understand the sense of, like, why obsess over this? Like, it is it is just going to be the palette. It is just going to be a rotating cast. Tucker was a category difference from all these other people. He just was. Like, the, the types of material that he trafficked in was more pernicious than the other uh, hosts on the network. His brand... You know, like these other people, when you go to the CPACs, when you go to the Turning Point USA things, they're walking down the hall. They're celebrities. They're, you know what I mean. They're like they. You want their autograph. You want their picture with them. The Tucker connection was different. Like I'm not saying it had a ton of depth, but like there was something there that he was molding them in a certain way. Um, ideologically that was that was very I, I think damaging to our to the fabric of of the country but but I think gives him a lot more power and influence than say O'Reilly who was just really really famous but kind of like doing the stuff that everybody else was doing
0: it just like a little bit better
1: I just want to close this segment by acknowledging that I was right about Dominion and ha- having consequences
0: that's, that's right I mean I'm gonna get a t-shirt. All right, Don Lamont. Do we have anything to say about Don Don Lamont's being cashier?
2: Let's pour one out for all Don Lamont.
1: (laughs)
0: He's
2: been good to the program. Cheers, buddy. Uh, Hopefully, he gets down here to Louisiana. I believe I'm the
0: only person here who's never been on his show. Correct?
1: Yeah, probably. Yeah, correct. I mean, since JBL
0: never invited to Don Lamont's show, you Mm -hmm.
1: wouldn't go. Like you're dying to do cable news, JVL.
0: It would be nice to be asked, Amanda. It would be nice after to be you
1: asked. you say so many times, people don't. All right,
2: do you, want, do you want me to get you on the 11th hour with Stephanie Rule? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's we, can, 11, we can make 15, this happen for it's you. It's on 11, 15 p.m. Eastern. I'll get you on there by Memorial Day. You ready? Is that what you want to do? <laughs>
1: yeah, Memorial Day is free. You yeah. probably get on 11 Memorial p.m. Day on Memorial Day. <laughs>
0: yeah. In the pre-Zoom days, do you guys remember this, back when you have to actually get to a studio? Yeah. There was a certain class of Washington pundit who would be the, the one willing to say yes to, like, 2.30 in the afternoon on a Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, just, like, desperate to get on TV. And so I would wait to, because, you know, the bookers, filling afternoons on weekends is really, really hard, because it just blows up your whole day. But there's a certain class of pundit who would be like, yep, yep, ready to go, ready to go, send a car, and I will, you know, schlep the 45 minutes from my... Maryland suburban apartment to you know the studios down by Union Station. And I will spend what it, it winds up being four hours of my weekend so that I can be on TV for 120 seconds. Sure thing, as Gore Vidal said, never miss a chance to have sex or be on television. I guess.
1: Oh, I can think of all kinds of reasons to skip both of those. <laughs> wisdom, for,
2: <laughs> wisdom from Gore Vidal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Don Anywho, Amanda, <laughs> you have some Don Lemon thoughts?
1: And no, I mean, I spent a lot of late nights, you know, election coverage, um, you know, on a show remote in studio. He, he was really nice. I mean, I know there's a lot of stories about the diva-like behavior, and obviously some of that is true. Um, but it was nice because when you go on at 11 o'clock at night, you could say your piece. And there were a lot of articles I got to really flesh out when I had my book out. His production team did a really nice job. And so I think the transition was extremely hard to go from having your own show and being in charge of it from 9 to 11 p.m. Or no, 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 he was 10 to midnight, which is a hard shift that he did for many years, many years. And then to automatically go to morning television with two younger co-hosts. A three-person show is kind of crazy anyway. And to have to share that, I, I think there was just obviously going to be problems with that kind of format, and ta da, there was.
2: So. Yeah, I it seems like he might have been had some diva quality. So I'll, I don't know him that well, so I won't I won't grant that. I don't I don't really know what CNN's doing though. I always said about political campaigns, the thing that was annoying is that everybody thought they're an expert. You know, I'd go home to like the high school reunion and people would be telling me what Jeb should be doing. And I was like, this I've said to my, all my doctor friends, I'm like, they don't tell you how to cut the eyeball open, you know, when you go back to high school. But okay, anyway. Uh, here very I very
0: specific doing. doctor friend you're talking about there.
2: Yeah, it is. It is. Um, here's, uh, here is uh, uh, my uh, version of that, though, for Chris Licht. It's like, it doesn't seem like they have any plan. To to attract people, like I I don't know the it did, that morning show made no sense from the start. Those people didn't seem to have any. Any chemistry, this notion that CNN in a post Trump era, we're not in a post Trump era, like needs to yeah, be more right. serious. And it's like, we're going to win back center right people. It's like, who? Who? It's, it's fine. Sure. There are people that read and love our friends at the dispatch. Like, that's great. Like, they read, you know, uh, I, but is that enough for cable TV show? You know, and me, I went on Steve's podcast when we talked about this. And like, I was like, this is a niche product you guys are offering. That's fine. That's nothing wrong with a niche product, but that's not, who are you bringing back in? All the Republicans like Trump, right? So, like, who are you trying to attract by, by being more center? Like, Trump has... Even the people that like DeSantis like Trump, you know, so great. Maybe you can get 8% more people into this show. Does that help your numbers? Obviously not. It didn't make sense from the start. The math isn't there on the numbers. And then, you know, I... I wish they would just say Don Lemon was a jerk and that's why we got rid of him. Then you have to do, you do this post hoc stuff about how, oh, in these interviews, the Nikki Haley thing, which was a gaffe, but like you're doing live TV for many hours. It was a gaffe. You apologize. Then did you see the Vivek Ramaswamy one? The one that they were citing? Vivek Ramaswamy goes on the, t- on the show and is like, Black people should thank the NRA oh, yeah. for protecting their rights. And the NRA w- was a key group in helping secure the civil rights of Americans. Yeah. That's like the civil rights act with thanks to the NRA, the civil rights act happened. Yeah. That's interesting. Take yeah. Yeah. Interesting perspective. Don, Don is like, what the fuck are you talking about? The <laughs> yeah. People are talking in his ear and, and he's like, stop talking in my ear. I need to, like, I need to engage with this insane point this guy's making. And then, you know, they go back and forth and Don's just like, are, are you black explaining to me? And you know, maybe you didn't have to bring the race in, but it's just like, you know, this shows just that this whole you know what are you supposed to do when 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 a Republican comes on TV and is like, "Oh, black people need to thank the NRA for their rights"? Like, you're supposed to just be like, "Oh, well, there's one opinion, okay," and on the other side, not true, right? Like, I, I don't know, and and that's what we're seeing and trying to go. And I just don't think that there's an audience for it, except for in times of hurricanes or war or whatever. And that's that's an important service, but that's not. You know, that's not a Tuesday.
1: Here's a question that kind of gets into how you think Fox is going to lead into MAGA or Trump and what Licht is trying to do. You know, that debate that Don was having with Vivek, like in the Zucker era, that is definitely something they would have thought. Yes, yeah, lean into been, like keep it running lean into this. Yeah. Like, let's engage. And you can see Poppy just leaning back, scrolling her phone. She's like, uh oh, this is not <laughs> mm, eject. Eject. But, you know, it's like Licht is trying to dial all the politics down and be super yeah. bland. And so maybe a Fox goes super Trump, which I don't totally believe that quite yet, but I think it is clearly the strategy of CNN to turn down the politics. And that's how right. they think they're going to attract viewers by just kind of like just flattening everything. I mean, yeah. they're bringing in Gail, Gail King and Barkley. What? Like that's going to be their 9 p.m. out. Charles Barkley? Do you guys see this? Yeah. Like.
2: I mean, Barkley's I, great, but.
1: Yeah, but for 9 p.m. in the prime time at CNN, is that what news viewers want to see? Like, if you're trying to be a new trusted news station, is it Gail King and the sports guy? Like, maybe on the Sunday morning. Yeah. But also, we're going into
2: 2024, and yes. the guy that tried to end our democracy is the, is one of the leading candidates. Okay, yep. so like politics and is they just kind want of to important. Yeah, and
1: smooth all that out. It makes no sense to me. But, you know, I'm not getting paid Chris Lick money. All right.
2: I'm available, though. <laughs> yep. I don't know. If, if Zaz, whatever his name is, I don't, I, I don't want to leave Zaz, you guys, but yeah. if somebody wants to give me a network, I've got some ideas.
1: Well, if you get a network, can I get a show? Yeah, we'll, okay.
2: maybe. we'll see.
0: We'll, we'll do have to do a screen test. <laughs> Will I get to go on one of your shows as a guest? <laughs> no, Only on Sunday not. at 2:30. <laughs> 2:30 on Sunday afternoon. And I have not. to be live in the studio, right? I'm not allowed to Zoom it. I have to be live in the studio. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll get wah. you a car. <laughs> Okay, so the other big news is that the president of the United States has announced that he's running for re-election, as some people said was going to happen all along. Uh, Who?
1: Take your victory lap. Would you like to run this around guy, your little Zoom studio?
0: This guy. So uh, I don't know. I I had my my I did my take today in the triad uh, when I said like you know, you people you're gonna like it. You're gonna get more Biden, and you're gonna like it because so, you know <laughs> what the truth is. I think people are basically going to be fine with it. And uh, especially if Trump is the nominee, all of this stuff about Biden is too old is going to go away. And everybody's just going to say five Hail Marys for him every night, <laughs> that he doesn't fall <laughs> and that he basically can make his way through November of 2024, because there is nobody better. If if the goal is to, to beat Donald Trump again, Biden is the best bet. He is, he is the best. Even if you had a, a magic wand... And could just tap any Democrat to become magically the nominee. you you wouldn't want anybody other than Biden. Am I crazy, Amanda?
1: No, I no, I like it's it's remarkable that he's completely cleared the field, right? Like there's no challenger. i I think that is the number one testament of his success. He has convinced everyone else yeah. not to run before he's even declared. I mean, today Bernie Sanders put out the statement essentially saying, yep, yep. We're gonna do yep. this thing. Uh, he. He is the unity candidate, which you should expect from the incumbent president. But still, given his age, given his approval ratings aren't great. I think that's pretty remarkable.
0: Well, this is one of the marker, historically, one of the markers of successful reelection campaigns is that you have to avoid a primary, right? And if as a sitting president you avoid a primary, then your chances of winning reelection go up a lot.
2: Unless you're Trump. Can I, I? I want to range about the age thing for one second, and then I and then I have some other announcement thoughts. But to, since you brought it up with the with the Biden age thing, I've said it. You know, Sarah, everybody said it. Like there there are legit concerns about the age. I have I have anxiety about debate to, You know, something happening that shows the age when it's too late. Uh, right, like all of that. I have anxiety about it. It's just it's a it's a risk factor. There's a risk factor with any candidate. But I gotta tell you. It feels like some of the mainstream outlets like are you know trying to go overboard in, in focusing on the age thing in order to like display yeah. their lack of bias or whatever. There's a mm-hmm. Times editorial about it the other week. When was the last time one of these places did an editorial about Trump's age? Like Trump's age gets like thrown in as like a throwaway line in article in like editorials about Biden's age. Like oh by the way Trump's old too. It's like Trump is old as fuck. Okay Trump is out there just eating well done steaks all right like that guy his like his brain is mush i you know he he is he's bragging about doing like a basic cognitive test, like remembering five Man, words in hour
0: woman right
2: <laughs> t v right like I mean you know stuff that you know a child could pass i mean so. I, I, I just don't, and the, who's his VP going to be? Like it's certainly not going to be a, a, somebody that everybody's like, Carrie oh man, we're going to be Lake. in good, we're going to be in good hands if Kerry Lake, Lake is in there, or Tucker, or whoever, Elise Stefanik. So I, I just that that part does bug me that there's this asymmetry of all this that, that is, uh, and and I feel like that this is going to happen over and over again in this in in this campaign where people feel like they have to, you know, try to make this something, something more than what it is.
0: I mean, there's a there's a reason for this, right? And what that is? is that the delta between what Joe Biden sounded like in 2012 and what Joe Biden sounds like in 2023 is noticeable. Whereas Trump, word salad is word salad, right? And this is <laughs> in in a weird way his cognitive That's limitations. That's not true.
2: Go back and watch the Trump Larry King interviews. Well, She's an I mean, idiot, he's an idiot, go but really he's far, not. Compared to 2016, yeah, he's, he's using three-syllable words. And Trump's using three-syllable words in the Larry King interviews. I, someone just did a tweet about 2010 where he was talking about topography.
0: Ooh, that's a lot of Trump's syllables. Trump's not that... saying
2: that. Yeah, he's not saying that word now. Okay, I don't. I, Trump is <laughs> Trump is declining. All right, he's the same. No, he is, but, but, but he's declining. you see
0: it with Trump? So again, just having watched a bunch of videos back to back of him. The where you see the decline is not in the words themselves because he just talks gobbledygook and has been talking gobbledygook for, you know, seven years. You see it in the energy and the animation. And so you see it. And that's why I, I'm fine with people writing all these thumb sucking pieces about it. Because the truth is, if, if Trump and Biden are the nominees, then everybody's just going to see the crazy. Right. I mean, right. It, it's going to be obvious when you see Trump I and mean, the choice is, you know, do you want the old guy who's crazy or the old guy who isn't as sharp as he was four years ago?
1: But the strategy for Biden will be much like it was in 2020 is to just lay back and let the contrast serve itself.
0: Yeah. Just say, hey, I'm I'm governing. I'm busy governing yeah. America. Yeah.
1: yeah. Right. But that's you know, it's 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 a little risky because action usually Trump's inaction. Um, we'll see, Usually. but on the point about b- being annoyed that people always, co- uh, reference Biden's age, I mean, they have to say something. I mean, it is sort of the both sides thing, but that's like the most obvious thing to say, right? They're not saying he's a terrible president. His programs are failing. He's just saying, yeah, he's old. Like it's unavoidable. And so I it, He's no. just got to make do with it.
2: Did you guys see my other take, the RNC's, uh, response video? No you not seen this, JVL? No. Oh, you're going to love this.
1: The AI thing. Tell me more.
2: Yeah, the AI thing. The RNC put out a video about what life would be like in 2025 or 6 if Joe Biden was reelected. And it included all AI images. And it was, you know, this like hypothetical dystopian future where... San Francisco has, you know, they're, they're like martial law has set in in San Francisco. Yeah. And, you know. Do they
1: know, Joe Biden's president
2: now. Now, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just like <laughs> these guys, like it's so it's such the D team over there. I, the, t- the talent drain. I, I I feel bad for the 26 year old Democratic strategist that has to compete against like 15 other really smart people to get the job of like deputy rapid wow. response director at the DNC. And it's just like these clowns that are getting these jobs at the RNC because they're the only ones that'll raise their hand to be like, I guess I'll do it. I'll take this. Um, I, I, It's just the weakness of their opposition. You know, when, when Donald Trump right now is the like, nearly presumptive nominee, a heavy favorite and, and, and in real life, he's
1: clearing the field too.
2: Yeah, yeah. In real life, this guy spurred on a attack on the Capitol. And your response is, oh, here's a hypothetical future using fake Terminator images. (laughs) I mean, it's awesome. That's pretty, that's about as strong of a sign of Joe Biden's political strength as is out there. And you can focus on the numbers that are like, oh, certain number of people don't want him to run or whatever. But if it's like, if that's your opening punch, not, not great.
0: The truth is life is okay.
2: Yeah, this is, this is the problem
0: for the Republicans is that life is OK and it may not be OK. Come October of 2024, we could hit a recession. You know, any number of things could get Biden could fall and break his hip. Right. This is a thing that happens to 80 year olds. Well, uh, usually
1: their hip breaks and then they fall. <laughs> no, that's really that's why everybody gets broken, you know, a fall oh, broken so their hip. no, their bones are weak. Your bones break the bones are brittle. and then yeah. you fall. But they is think a the pigeon.
2: Is he doing pigeon. the pigeon? Yeah, the pigeon pose and yoga. JV is about
0: pigeon. Uh, I, I, I bet, uh, Joe, no, I bet Joe does that not That doesn't do help yoga. with
1: bone density and brittleness.
0: Joe, Joe thinks that yoga is malarkey. Uh, <laughs> the ice Amanda, cream is
1: probably good. Which is why Calcium.
0: he's strong. <laughs> Insure. He's drinking his Insure.
1: Minute, let's talk a
0: little bit about the collapse of the Republican primary field, which you just mentioned, because that is highly interesting to me. Mike Pompeo, out. Nikki Haley going... Maybe somewhere, I guess, kind of slow. Tim she Scott. She gave a speech
1: at the SBA list today. It was supposed to be like a major speech on, you know, abortion policy, which you know I'm interested in talking about. But the the funniest thing about the staging for it is that the political write up said it was uh, conducted in a converted break room, which tells you hmm. the massive audience that came to listen to Nikki Haley talk wow. about her thoughts on abortion, which amounted to a bunch of wishy washy mishmash mush.
2: Just really um, quick on Tim Scott. Pundit accountability here. Not a virgin. That was, we we did discover oh, after the last podcast. And Amanda actually helped with the research on this. It Sadly. wasn't personal. I, you know. I, uh, but I'm 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 sorry. Guzzled. So he was
0: only the 50-year-old virgin? Yeah.
2: He... I don't, 40, I think. Um, he was the 40 Yeah. So anyway, I just, we corrected it in the show notes on the last show. But this is, we're accountable here. Okay. We're, this, this is not fake news. This is not disinformation. If I say something that's wrong, I do like to correct myself not a virgin any know. longer. I mean, he was a virgin for quite some time, but not a virgin any longer. Okay. Anyway. The thing
1: that's weird is that he's just not married. I mean, typically presidential candidates are married or at least have like a long-time partner of some sort. He's an outlier in this respect, especially for the church community, I you know?
0: Can't remember when our last unmarried president was. I mean, this is Edith like, Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, no, I mean, you know, maybe like James Buchanan wasn't married or something. I don't know. Uh, I, you know, we'd have to, that's an Adam Kuyper question. But uh, well,
1: anyway, the point is nobody realized that he wasn't married, let alone other things.
0: I derailed us. The, the field. We were talking about the, how the field, the unscheduled disassembly.
1: So the, yeah no, so there's the, that with the Tim Scott, which will derail any conversation, yeah. um, let alone when he's asked about abortion. He brings up banking committee hearings, which also like, OK, maybe the unmarried guy who was a virgin until he was 40 or 50 years old shouldn't be talking about abortion policy. Just saying strikes me as kind of weird. Everybody says he's the next big thing. No, I don't. I think that disqualifies you from the conversation. Sorry. That's my personal opinion. Glenn Youngkin apparently says that he's waiting to make a decision after November when the Virginia mm. legislators. Session closes, which pretty much means keep giving me money. Maybe he'll have a hot
0: eight weeks to get to uh, to Iowa.
1: Yeah, but he's not running, <laughs> so that leaves Trump,
0: Vivek Ramaswamy,
1: Vivek, whatever, ASA. Oh yeah, he's running. Okay, Haley and Tim Scott, right? Yeah. What a field, and Tiny D. I'm going to say Trump has cleared it. Why doesn't he? He's not running yet. Oh,
0: Chris Christie. Oh, Chris
1: Christie. Has Chris Christie actually declared? Is he just playing footsie no. to get more interviews and talk like a tough guy? I think
2: The Chris so. christie like breakfast interview, if you haven't read it in the Atlantic, it's so good.
0: It's amazing. It's so um, good. Yeah, I think Christie doesn't run. Uh, I think Brian Kemp doesn't run. You know, we're going to wind up with a very tiny field, I think.
2: Which everybody you said was good for DeSantis. But.
0: Yeah. I st- Sununu. No, Chris Sununu is not running. Yeah. Um,
1: I just want to say gut check. Do you guys think Ron DeSantis is running, yes or no? Yes, of course, yes.
0: I think so. I think he has to. I don't know.
1: Don't you? I think he has cold feet.
0: Oh, I think he has cold feet, too. Um,
2: yes. Yeah, so well, they're about to announce $30 million raised. It's it's hard to say no once you do that kind of stuff. A lot of pressure. And this is why he's flying to Japan. He's doing I – mean, the mailers – in the article I have tomorrow on his campaign, a friend in Iowa sent a mailer that they're sending into Iowa I mean, that had – Quotes from people from all the early states. I mean, like he's running. Like the only reason he's the only thing that he's not doing is actually raising money into a campaign committee because it's illegal and getting endorsements from people who know laws. him.
1: He's not doing yeah.
2: that. Well, he's trying mm. to though. he It's just he seems like he's repelling everyone that he meets. <laughs> it's like a human stink bug.
0: Three assistant editors of Compact Magazine have endorsed him. <laughs> yeah,
2: but, like he yeah, went and, and read, did you did you see the other thing I met I. I have eight half-written articles right now, which JVL really likes, um, and one of them that's coming soon. Um, did you see Lee Zeldin? Lee yeah. Zeldin was, like, supposed to be in DeSantis's leadership team, and every, he was the big, hot thing, and everybody was like, oh, Lee Zeldin. DeSantis went and campaigned for him, endorsed Trump.
1: So, Tim, what is it when you have all this money, all this potential, why are these people bolting? Why does Lee Zeldin bolt? I mean, that's kind of a dramatic move.
2: He has a stench on him. Well,
1: yeah, but like, still, a, like, okay, legit, so he's an opportunist, stinky, stenchy person. Why does he bolt?
2: He doesn't think that he's going to win. He doesn't think he can win. Uh, yeah, he, I think he wants loser to, stench yeah. is what loser is stench what is what, is what I mean. Yeah. 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 But I, is- I don't, I, it's crazy though. It's crazy. I, I'm, I don't, I'm not exactly bullish on Ron DeSantis, but I, I do think everyone's overstating just how disastrous of a situation he's in. I mean, like, a lot can happen between now and January, and he's the only one standing there with the bag, you know, if something does happen, really. I mean, none of those other people you mentioned, the nominee is not going to be Nikki Ailey, Tim Scott, Vivek Ramaswamy, Asa, God love him. So I don't quite get it. I I think there there must be, yeah.
0: Vivek Ramaswamy is finishing third in New Hampshire. Go write that down. Maybe
2: second. Maybe second. Maybe
0: second. Maybe second. Ron Paul
2: finished second.
0: Yeah. Uh, Vivek finishes second or third in New Hampshire. Uh, Look, it is possible that DeSantis runs and turns it into really a demonstration campaign where he has viewed this entire thing as I'll be Trump's understudy. And if something really blows up or the guy dies or something, then I'm there. Yeah. But I won't run super hard. And I'll, I'll take my beating in the two early states, then I'll say I'm staying until South Carolina, I'll go down to South Carolina and get my teeth handed to me, and then I will drop out and gracefully endorse okay. Trump. I mean, in the olden days, that's how you got nominated, right? This is how I mean, you. That's get nominated how Hillary got nominated.
2: That's how McCain got nominated, exactly. right? Like that's how Bush got nominated. H- it is H-W. possible
0: to me that again, his his campaign will wind up as a demonstration effect and not as an actual serious campaign where he's trying
1: to win the nomination. I think that's right, but I still think you can see the flash of fear where. You know, when you think you're going to have something and you envision the future and you can see it all laid out and all the MAGA conservative ink types are rallying around you and you think it's all set up. And then it just takes a couple things to say, you know what, this isn't going to happen this way. And I yeah. just think he looks scared.
0: This is the big thing about Trump, right? I mean, Trump, whatever else you want to say about him, he can take a punch, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he indicts, you get uh, You get. Yeah. January 6th, the 2022 elections, an indictment, all three things which should finish him. And he just like goes down a bit and pops back up. This is the first adversity DeSantis has ever seen. And he looks like a scared pig.
2: Yeah. yeah. He's on Hannity. Hannity is like he goes on Hannity and, he, and he's like in Japan. It's unclear why he's in Japan, and he's like, uh, like the setup is Look he's at squinting? Me being he's, yeah, he's squinting at the TV. And at, this, at, at him, he's like, "So why is Trump so mad at you? What's the deal?" And he's like, bah, blah, blah, blah. like "He can't even." It's just like I, I can't. He, I trust even <laughs> <As, laughs> his as, wife as is a, sitting
1: there, like perfect. Like if you picked out a woman from an oil painting, a first lady, <laughs> she's. It's just a, yeah. He's just bugging out. The contrast yeah, between them is so funny to me. But, but look, I totally
2: tell you. Here's a little behind the scenes scoop for people who've made it 50 minutes into this podcast. Like, <laughs> I as as somebody who dealt with Hannity, the Hannity interview. This is not a this is not an aggressive interview. Okay, I, I, I Hannity would call you if you have a good comms person. Maybe Desantis doesn't have this. because He doesn't trust anybody. But if you have a good comms person, they can call up Sean and be like, Hey, Sean, like, what are you going to ask? And and like, Sean will tell you what he's going to ask. And so. Like, DeSantis got a very light, uh, just a nice little softball about why him and Trump are beefing. And, like, he just can't field it without looking very strange. So that's not a great sign.
0: He is not very good on his feet. Uh, and we saw the the answer he, he gave in uh, in, <laughs> in Japan. Like, what is that? Right? I mean, <laughs> I am sorry. That's <laughs> Mickey Mouse. <I'm> like, what? <laughs> That's bad. That's bad. Not yeah, good. Other bad DeSantis. Uh, so I had missed this until Amanda sent it to us for the show. Uh, DeSantis seems to want to turn Florida into the capital for capital punishment, and uh, seems really high on executing more people. They seems to be pushing on a bill wants to have the death penalty for child sexual battery which the Supreme Court ruled some time ago, although it was five four. Uh death penalty has to be only for for homicide. Which I, I assume the child sexual battery thing is a QAnon dog whistle, right? You know, we're of oh, the groomers and the 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 frazzle drippers and we're gonna we're gonna stick them in the gas chamber in Florida. And he, he wants to lower the standard in Florida. We're currently in death penalty cases uh, the jury has to be unanimous on the sentence. And he wants it to be eight voters, which I think is insane. I, I'm, I'm, I've been against the death penalty, you know, as long as I've been alive. I've become more against it. If, the, if one can get more against the death penalty, like the more I've seen of the justice system, where, you know, before I was against it, even when I had perfect faith in the justice system as a kid. Now that I've seen what it looks like, I'm like, fuck no, you can't let the government do things that are irreversible because the government gets things wrong all the time. Anyway, is anybody else grossed out by this? I guess is what I'm trying to, to grasp around here for.
1: I am for a different reason. So it's my understanding that in Florida, it had to be unanimous. He wants to take it back down to eight. And he made this policy proposal in reaction to the conviction of the Parkland shooter, who was not going to get the death penalty because not all the jurors were unanimous. And so there's outcry yeah. over that. You know, like, I think in cases like that where it's very clear where heinous crime is committed, I'm okay with that. I don't know where that puts me on the pro-life schedule, but for something like that, I'm okay with it. What I am uncomfortable with is that DeSantis didn't come from this from, like, okay, I've thought about this and heinous decisions. This is what I believe. He did it in reaction to Parkland as sort of a way to make the public feel better. Instead of doing anything about guns, you know, reducing... Yeah the ability for guns to get in the hands of crazy people or actually being vocally supportive of the red fog laws that are on the books in Florida, this is where he goes. Like, I'm going for blood. I'm going to be tough. This guy should die, which, you know, I sort of agree with, but that is not fixing the problem and is doing it with this degree of bloodlust that should never be shown by a governor, a presidential candidate, anybody in office. And so I think that's where it gets a little scary. And he's also seems to be competing with Trump, who has been talking about bringing back the death penalty no. for all kinds of crimes, joked around Drug about killing. using the guillotine, you know, mass executions like mm. that is where, you know, my spirit starts to leave my body a little bit and get scared. Yeah. So
0: Trump has long fetishized Duterte, who's the, the strong man in the Philippines who you know, basically had, had, you know, unsanctioned killings by the thousands. Uh, and Trump loves that, which, you know, shocker is, again, a hallmark of authoritarians everywhere is that they want to be able to use the power of the state to kill people. And I don't know. I guess this is I look at the DeSantis thing and I think, is this him trying to to ante up even with that stuff with Trump, Tim?
2: Yeah, well, so this is what the article's on the, uh, this morning is just like he has decided that the way that he competes, like he knows internally that he can't go toe-to-toe with Trump on the rhetoric stuff, that they're not going to be able to do that, go stage, mm-hmm. that, that he competes. And this is the Cruz strategy. Uh, there was some Cruz on this to it. I compared it to Warren in the article this morning is that he competes by being like, I'm the checklist guy. And you if you, you watch you the he spoke at the yeah, if you spoke at the Utah Convention, you I watched his speech at the Utah Convention and it's just he checks it's a tick through. It's the abortion, the six mm-hmm. weeks. It's the, it's the, it's Disney. It's all this weird online stuff that people have no idea what he's talking about. Most people like the ESG and the DEI and the woke and the <laughs> CRT. And the digital currency. No
0: federal digital currency.
2: No, never in Florida's border will there be a digital. And people are like, Yay, okay, weird. I <laughs> felt like a couple of super online people like really care about this stuff. So that's what he's And so I just think that the the capital punishment thing, which I didn't mention in the story, but is is in the same vein as like, okay, on all this cultural issues, you know, it's that gross immigration bill where, you know, you can get in trouble for just transporting an immigrant, right? Like, it's an immigration check, you know, and then we sent the immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. You know, it's abortion. It's six weeks. It's constitutional carry. You know, it's the death penalty. The problem is that just like there aren't that many people that actually fit that. Like people say that the Republican voters? base. Yeah, voters. Like there, are, like, there, like there is not actually a majority of Republican voters that are like, I'm hardline right on every single issue. Like, people have complicated views. You know, like, like it's not like it is on Twitter.com where there's a war and you have to be on your side side all the time. Like, regular voters, like, they have some pretty crazy views on a lot of things. Republican primary voters, like for the fact that Donald Trump won the last election, for example, and immigration stuff. But, like, once you... The more detail you plug in on all of that, the more voters start to be like, I don't know about this, actually. And, like, Warren ran into that in 2020. And I do think that, that this is... DeSantis, um, it's a strategic move to check off all those boxes, and it's not actually serving him as well as he
0: thinks. Boy, howdy. Well, uh, good show. Long show. Great show. Give us a participation trophy and great show. Get we all deserve yeah. a trophy. I, you know, I wanted to talk about the participation trophy stuff, I know, but you man, did. I wasn't feeling it. So uh, we'll, I know. we'll do Tim didn't that.
1: want to talk about Supreme Court ethics, which I am very disappointed about. I'm disappointed in your this. ethics commitment, Tim. But fine, we oh, did. 50 okay, now minutes. people are
0: seeing behind the scenes. <laughs> on Friday, I'm going to talk about the participation trophy stuff with Sarah on the Secret Show, and I'm just gonna just gonna go right here and tell you that I would bet anything, Sarah Longwell. Is 100% down with a state ban on participation trophies. Yeah,
1: probably. I
2: don't think, no, not a federal ban. Sarah does not like the, state s- the long arm state of, ban. of the government. The federal government. Yeah, uh, not the heavy end of the state. But she definitely, I gotta tell you, she definitely, if one of her kids got a participation trophy, that she would be throwing that in the a
1: trash. A school board ban.
0: She'd Sarah be that should
1: run for school board <laughs> on a, a participation trophy ban.
0: <laughs> and. As the corollary 1A to that rule, losers of all child sports games have to go to school the next day wearing an I am a loser hat to try to help them really appreciate the sarah importance of victory and no. winning no. <laughs> that's the Longwell way
1: no it's not
0: <laughs> oh sebastian is coming to her defense right now thank gosh
2: i'm somebody kidding has.
0: i'm kidding anyway thank i'm gonna goodness. i will i will talk about all of this with sarah on friday
2: and you'll be able to listen to it if you're a board plus member i'm pitching your show the secret yeah, that's only for Borg plus members eight bucks not that much it's much but it's a good deal better than twitter blue
0: Go hit the hit the like button for us. Hit the subscribe button for us. I would like to have more five star reviews, please, on your your Apple podcast app. Please go for that. Uh, please, in the comments on the uh, on the podcast app, please talk about how great Amanda is, because I, I do grade all of your comments. I grade all of your reviews uh, and uh, we'll see you again on Sunday.
2: I actually have a good one. We've taped it so I can say, you know, I don't like to jinx it if we haven't taped it yet. We've already mm-hmm. taped it. Abigail Spamberger
1: oh good
2: oh man we do, Ooh, we do a little Sarah politics we, favorite. I know we do a little more politics than I wanted but we uh, we get into the CIA career CIA career is a, uh, it's it's a, it's a strange life you know <laughs> she had I didn't realize this I thought she was just kind of like somebody that worked with you, you get a whole cover story it's like her college friends like thought she was a Pilates instructor or something not that not Pilates <laughs> instructor but like, you have to tell you have to have a whole different and I was like wow so we got into that a little bit some parenting stuff
0: that's great. She's basically great. she was Jennifer Garner in Alias.
2: I didn't watch that, but it sounded like it.
0: <sighs> Bye everybody.
2: See ya.